Hey, Tom. Hey, JC. We made it, buddy. I just woke up yesterday. <laughs> we survived WrestleMania 35 week. That should be a t-shirt right there. I think I posted it in the uh, Discord, <laughs> the achievement unlocked from the Xbox 360 and just captioned it. You have survived WrestleMania week. Oh, Josh Bailey. Sorry. Sorry, uh, audience. I'm, we're recording this as the Islanders-Pittsburgh game is going, and Josh Bailey could have tied, uh, won the game with six seconds left, and he hit the post. Still need the pins to win for my bracket. That's all that matters. Bracket schmack it. Yep. Uh, so I'm not going to drag this cold open out long today because, no. uh, we, we have a lot to cover because it was the busiest weekend of the year and I'm still running on very little sleep recovering from it. Uh, so we've got to talk about where, where, here we go. Let's start the rundown. NXT takeover New York. Yeah. The WWE hall of fame. Mm-hmm. The ring of honor, new Japan G1 Supercard. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the indie stuff I watched. Most of, of, of course, of most note, uh, Joey Janela Spring Breaks Part 1 and 2. All right. We have to talk about the 35-hour marathon of WrestleMania. Still going on now, I believe. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> uh, I, I guess those happen, too. I think I tweeted this, but Tom, I watched 27, I can't even talk, 27 hours of wrestling since Thursday, Friday. Until, there should be a Surgeon General's warning or something like that. that yeah, I'm I'm so glad I don't, I'm not watching wrestling right now. Like, I, <laughs> I'm glad I'm just talking about it. I'm also glad I'm not tweeting right now. I can't look at TweetBot anymore. But, uh, yeah, yeah so I think we should just, uh. Dive right in, what do you say? Yeah, let's roll into it. All right, before I do that, though, you got to do me a favor. Uh, if, if I'm awake enough, I'll try. All right, can you ring the bell? Uh, I'll try it. You're listening to the Cheaters Never Pin Podcast, a proud part of the Section 328 Network, bringing you all the best in wrestling from WWE, New Japan, and beyond. Now, live from ringside, it's Mr. Workrate and JC. Oh, buddies, it's Bom. the Cheaters Never Pin Podcast. My name is Nick. Wow. <laughs> His name is JC. And beside him at the ring cast table is me, Tom. Just call it the ring cast table? I don't know. I don't have to do You do. Let me try it again. Uh, my name is JC, and here next to me at the commentary table to the stars is my good buddy, Mr. Work Great, Tom. Yeah, that sounded better. There you go. Sorry, I like, I skipped I skipped an entire chunk of words there. and I, oh, It's been a long weekend, folks. It has. Yeah. So let's dive right in. What do you say? Yeah, let, let, let's get this rolling. I let's, want to get this done before tomorrow. Let's start. Yeah, well, this isn't WrestleMania, fortunately. So since we had the first ever two-day WrestleMania, they're trying to be, yes. the, they're trying to be Wrestle Kingdom and go two days now. <laughs> All right, so let's start with the uh, NXT TakeOver New York special from the Barclays Center. What a great show, as always. Yeah. Maybe... Uh, where, where does it rank among your uh, all-time kind of perceptions of TakeOver? Because I thought the last one was one of the weakest ones to me. 
Yeah, it's it's difficult because Takeover is, I mean, it's the joke that just, you know, like when you talk about pizza, there's technically no such thing as bad pizza. It's just right. layers of good. And that's that's what Takeover is. It's, you know, some days you get true New York style from like Brooklyn and some days you get, you know, uh, little Caesars. Some or days you get Alfredo's Pizza Kitchen, and some days you get Pizza by Alfredo's. Yes, that reference was for you alone. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. It, I mean, it was a really strong show. Uh, I mean, it, that's what we kind of expect at this point. Uh, but for something that was kind of more or less put together because of injuries and uh, other unforeseen circumstances. I think they did a hell of a job, all things considered. Yeah. And just, just altogether a well done show. Really? Yeah. Um, probably one of my top five takeovers. I really need to sit down and list them out one time. Cause there are still so few of them. I could do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like this is a top five for me. So let's roll down the card here. Let's start with the opener. The War Raiders defending the NXT Tag Team Championships against Alistair Black and Ricochet. Win in 21 minutes and 10 seconds. Your typical NXT TakeOver hot as hell tag team match opener. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you watch NXT, you learn to embrace tag team wrestling. And then you watch WWE. And then you go... Why the hell can't this happen here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's more so that the NXT, especially when you're doing takeovers, tag team wrestling is something that takes time. Like it, it's right. it's got a slower build than traditional one on one wrestling. So you kind of need that time, and you don't get that kind of time in a WWE show or even a WWE pay per view. But um yeah, it, it always seems that NXT just has a great tag team match. And, I mean, the talent that you have in there, I mean, Alistair Black Ricochet, obviously incredibly talented. I've never been a huge War Raiders fan, um, but, I mean, they more than held their own in the match and just put together something really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about when we talked about this match last week, I said, you know, it's a it's a huge kind of style clash because you got flippy guy, kick guy and two big hosses. And that was my biggest kind of concern about it, even though I knew they would pull it off. And of course they did. Because so they didn't try to blend the styles together or have War Raiders kind of pull anything out to counteract or anything. They let that be the, the story of the match. And I think that's that's what worked so well is that you got the two contrasting sides of things. And of course the, the big ass guys are going to win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it worked. And it, it was just, like I said, typical four star NXT takeover tag team opener. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah. Not much to say about it. It was a long, It feels like it was a long time ago. <laughs> Which well, I guess like it was two matches ago. Yeah. Uh, the Velveteen Dream retains his NXT North American Championship, defeating Matt Riddle in 17 minutes and 35 seconds. 
I, mean, I don't I don't know what else to say about it other than it was a dream and riddle so of course it was probably well I'd say it was the second weakest match on the show yeah and I mean it doesn't mean that it was bad it was just right no nothing on a takeover has ever been bad right not in recent memory no, no nothing that comes to mind right no stingers yeah. which is a the theme of this weekend nothing was bad <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah. Um, but it's Dream and Riddle. So you got Riddle doing his, his whole gimmick and Dream being Dream. Coming out as the uh, Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Which I loved. Of course, if, if anyone in NXT deserves the big gimmicked entrance, like it just, it's him. It were, uh, he's, he's the only one it really works for in NXT right now, right? Unless you had, like, Bugenhagen come out, like, playing the drums as they roll him down. Those are, yeah. <laughs> Dream's the only one that fits that 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 level right now in NXT. Yeah. And it just makes me excited for next year's WrestleMania where Dream should at least be on that card and be able to see his entrance, his WrestleMania entrance is going to be off the chart. They just light purple smoke bombs all over Tampa. Is it Tampa or Tampa Bay? Tampa is the city. Right. Tampa Bay is like the area. Okay. I've been there enough in my life I should know the answer to that question. But usually when I'm there, I'm real drunk <laughs> for several like days in a row. Tampa Bay almost kind of pulls in, I think, the St. Petersburg area as well. Yeah, that's true. Okay. You're right. That makes sense. Um, Walter upends the 685 day, I think it was 80, whatever, it doesn't matter at this point, the 685 day United Kingdom championship reign of Pete Dunne in 25 minutes and 40 seconds. This match was everything I love about wrestling. Yeah. This was, I mean, I... this was beautiful European British indie wrestling on a WWE show. And it just, it spoke to my soul. This is how yeah. I wanted to start the weekend off. And I, it was given to me. Yeah, I mean, it. we had an expectation going into the match. And it, it was given to us. I mean, it lived up to its reputation and then a little bit more. Yeah. Walter is just, he doesn't have to do anything. His It's just because of his, his physical presence and the way he carries that presence, he's just such an imposing human without being, without having that feeling of being a heel. Because he wasn't in this right. situation. Uh, he, and he's not even posturing that way on Twitter right now. He was actually tweeting about basically what I just said earlier. Like, that was that was European wrestling. Pete and I did that. Kudos to him. Um, so I'm interested to see who Pete Dunn's next challenger is. I'm sorry, who Walter's next challenger is. Um, if we're going straight back to Dunn, which I assume maybe at the next tapings we do a uh, a rematch, but who who are going to put him up against on that roster right now? I I don't know. I haven't been following NXT UK that closely, so I don't know who you'd necessarily put out there. But I mean, there's no one really on the roster that kind of matches up to him right now. No, I'd kind of like for a Walter Joseph Connors feud. That'd be kind of cool. I could get behind that. Okay. Um, I don't know. 
We'll see where it goes. Oh, I'm not Walter seeing Wolfgang Walter would be cool being, too. I'm not seeing Walter as being a transitional champion by any means, so I don't really think it matters at this point. Yeah. We've got, we got time. And if anything, kind of put somebody that's going to, I guess, make him, you know, continue to make him look strong. I mean, not necessarily squash matches or anything like that, but somebody who's going to go out there and be a challenger, but you're not really going to expect him to actually beat right. Walter at this point. Yeah. Uh, in what I would consider the weakest match on this card, the Fatal 4-Way match for the Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler retains, much to the shock of everyone, I think, against uh, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kyrie Sane. 15 minutes, 45 seconds. Um, it was a match. It wasn't a bad match. It just, it was there. That's kind of how I felt yeah. about it. I am, I'm glad Shayna won. <laughs> I, I wasn't upset at that decision. Especially because she won, she won without uh, Marina and Jessamine even being a factor. All right. Like we've kind of rebuilt her into a, like it re- kind of rebuilds her into a killing machine again. Whereas, so, you know, so much recently she's looked, she hasn't looked like that. She, she looked like she has to rely on her people. And I mean, I think realistically too, like Baszler's the best one to hold on to the belt if she's not being moved up to the main level. And I mean, WWE as it is kind of has an issue with their women's division in that they have those couple of people, a couple of women that are at the top and then everybody else is kind of falling to a second tier. Yeah. So to introduce someone like Baszler, kind of just stick somebody else in that second tier, at least initially, mm-hmm. unless she's going to steamroll, you know, Becky and Charlotte, which isn't going to happen. No. So do you think holding her back with that title? Cause I, th- I feel like Shayna's ready. Shayna could make the jump and fit in well on the main roster. So I'm going to say holding her back. They're holding her back in order to let Jessamine and Marina kind of cook a little bit more in order to bring all three of them up at the same time. I mean, it's possible, but I think it's more of a case of Baszler. um, I don't think they really know what they want to do with the women's division three months from now. Like they don't have a set plan set right now. They've got both titles on Becky as of right now. Uh, Spoilers, Tom. Sorry. <laughs> so both belts are on Becky right now. Um, obviously, Charlotte's there as well. Um, Rhonda's not going to be around. Nope. She broke her hand. So, so we've got two main women, and then you've got kind of that, again, that second tier. And I think it's just depending how things shuffle out, whether or not they're going to spit, spit, split (laughs) belts. All right. I started to choke after I said that, whether they're going to split the belts again, or just have one women's champion figure out how they're going to, I mean, they're going to have the superstar shakeup soon enough. So I think there's a lot that needs to be kind of figured out at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, it's good to have Shayna Baszler just hang tight and we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, And there have been some kind of major changes to the NXT women's division at the tapings tonight. 
Um, no title changes. I will say that. Um, so I think it kind of gives us an idea of what may happen next week at the Superstar Shakeup. So if that's something you are interested in, go find it online. I'm not going to spoil it here. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the top picture in NXT, aside from Shayna, looks a little bit different going forward. Okay. Uh, I've not spoiled it for myself yet, but no, I yeah, I don't, I don't so. want to spoil it for. You. I know you probably don't care, but we can we can talk about it offline. But you okay. know, yeah, not, it's nothing major, but it changes it changes the landscape of the NXT women's division. Okay, uh, Johnny Gargano finally captures gold. The boy, the childhood dream, the boyhood dream, becomes reality. As he defeats Adam Cole two one in a three out of falls two out of three falls match thirty eight minutes twenty five seconds, of course the third fall saw the interference of the rest of the undisputed era, which we knew was going to happen because of course, um, because we're heels. God damn it! Sorry, I can't. Um, I can't do a cornet. I can't. No one can. Oh. You do yours. But every cornet impression is, let's just talk in a really high voice. Yeah, I can't do that in it general. It doesn't so. sound like cornet. <laughs> no. But it's getting the spirit of him across. Double cheese. <laughs> I've got to watch the Dairy Queen video when we get done here. Um, Mostly just to hear Jericho laughing in the background. This may be my... This may be one of my top three NXT matches of all time. I, I don't know if I'd put it in top three, but it, it's strong. It's extremely strong. Yeah. It, uh, it was great. I, <laughs> it's one of the things that was so long ago. And I, when I'm watching, I'm not taking huge notes, right? Cause I'm trying to watch and enjoy. Um, but it was just, I don't know. It felt like a love letter to professional wrestling. Like, and and if uh, two people are going to pull it off, it's going to be those two. Oh yeah. Um, it was just, and it was so good to see Johnny finally r- reach this level. I wish it would have been against Champa, uh, right? I mean, that's everyone. That's what we were craving, right? We knew it was going to happen. If the, if this match was Champa and Gargano, Ciamp, or Gargano was winning, and they were going to reconcile. Right. So I think the final shot we see when the lower third comes up. And Ciampa comes out, and he, the the three of them, including Candice, embrace. Uh, I think that was the final shot, no matter what. Right. Yeah. Um, so it feels it feels like it, it's missing something, because we still don't have the conclusion of that. I'm happy it ended that way. Um, but the match and that kind of feel disjointed to me. But I don't. I don't know. I don't care. Johnny Wrestling won. And I was thrilled. And I didn't... This is, the, this is a takeover where I did not shatter a pint glass on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I, it was... I mean, it was... I, I don't really have that much to add to it. And want to keep things rolling as well. But um, just... I mean, just an incredibly well done match. Oh, uh, yeah. And, yeah, it, it, you should go out of your way to see it. To dedicate... 40 minutes of time mm-hmm. and actually just watch it step for step. And it's, it's a two out of three falls match that of course went two one, but I didn't even care. 
like usually the last few of these have been like of course it's gonna go one one and then two one you know i didn't even care that it that they just that they of course went the route that booking would you know that logic would tell you to go in the store telling a story it was perfect i miss like i was looking at some old results of little while back or whatever like 70s 80s that type of thing and you'd see best out of three falls matches and somebody would win two two zero that's the best it's like do that do that every once in a while because like you when you that first fall happens you you just wait for the second fall to be the other person you just you know it's gonna happen you're just waiting for it right so i think it'd be nice to mix it up every once in a while and just throw that second fall in there. Yeah. I mean, you're still making the opponent look good. You know, it's not like you're squashing two falls, but right. Um, so we're going to kind of insert pen mail into the show as we talk about things tonight. So I have one that's directly relating to uh, NXT one okay. pen mail. I'm not doing the that's song because right. we're doing multiple pin mails and we're putting them. <laughs> Did you figure out I wanted you to do it every time immediately? <laughs> Just give us the first one. I won't ask again. Gotta have at least one. Pin mail. Pin mail. Beautiful. For everybody, Seth, at tweets from Seth on the Twitter. Uh, if NXT Live on Wednesdays after TakeOver were a thing... Not one, but could you watch? <laughs> Hashtag burnt out. <laughs> um, oh, I'm, so if they I'm did NXT, I, I'm thinking, I think the question he's asking um, is, so, you know, Wednesday after takeover, they go back to full sale every time. Like they did to, as we record this, they're in full sale right now right. Um, and do the next set of tapings. Um, could you watch it or would you be burnt out if it was live? Oh, so they do like say, so you have if take takeover o- on Friday or Saturday, wherever it falls, depending on the takeover main pay-per-view raw SmackDown and then live NXT, a special live NXT, right? Could you watch it? Yes. It's only an hour and it's an NXT. Yeah. It's an hour and it's an XT. Um, <laughs> Mania week. I don't know if I could. Cause yeah, much... I, th- I think that's the key. Um, what I would say on, you know, Rumble, in, any of the other weeks, Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, where the big four line up. Uh, yeah, I, I, I probably would. I mean. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I mean, I think it's. It depends on your, I mean, if you're doing it full sale and you're not doing it, say, at Barclay or wherever it happens to be, because I think that that specific crowd gets to be different. And I mean, we'll discuss this later, potentially time permitting, but that that weekend crowd kind of when it gets to that raw and that smackdown, it's just becomes a different crowd that isn't necessarily <laughs> the most encouraging to yeah i don't know i mean i'll tell i'll tell you and i think i even tweeted this through our account 
last night during SmackDown, right? Like, I just did not care. I was watching it because I have to for this show and because I enjoy it, but I, I was not actively engaged with the product. It was just on. I was just absorbing it. So, like, Mania Week would be hard, but I don't... I don't know. I feel I feel like I could the rest of the time. Yeah, I mean And of course if it for... happened if it happened after many week, of course I would I would do it. Like because be I'm difficult. a freaking masochist. From a from a physical standpoint, it would be a little bit difficult just from exhaustion, but <laughs> right? Especially if they're like two hours live. I'd be like, no. I'd hate watch it. <laughs> but I think I I think anytime that you get an opportunity to watch like NXT live in general, it's yeah, worth checking out. Yes. So um so also Friday night, I'm gonna be real quick with this, was uh one of the main indie shows I watched, Joey Janela's Spring Break three part one, because it was two nights this year. Um here are my highlights from that show very quickly. One, Marco Stunt is back. Yay, he's not injured anymore. Two, Joey Janela is back. Yay. Tons. He too, not injured. Right. Um, point three, uh, Jungle Boy is back. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he was back. He he was kind of all over the place this weekend. That was great. Uh, he had a great scram- uh, scramble. Was, I think it was a five-person scramble match uh, with all kind of cruiserweight types like him. So it was very good. Um, here Here were the two highlight matches I saw. Uh, number one was Ethan Page fighting for his soul against Starman. Starman, who turned out to be Virgil and won in three seconds. And then unmasked to be Virgil. <laughs> Starman was a guy wearing a uh, one-piece pink bodysuit and un- unlaced, or untied Tims. <laughs> it's exactly as ridiculous as it sounds. Uh, match Star number Man. two, and maybe maybe my entire my favorite match of the weekend... And I'm going to tell you who was in this match, and you'll immediately understand what happened. It was uh, the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. So basically, for seven minutes and 19 seconds, we watched a referee sell a match. Uh, And an an entire crowd sell a match. They did the uh, yay boo spot. (laughs) Um. Yeah, it was, it was, I don't know if you can find this match at some point. Uh, it's on fight right now. Um, watch it because it's hilarious. Like it was the highest form of this art I think I've ever seen. And just like the highest form of suspension of disbelief I've ever seen in my entire life. And somewhere Cornette had a freaking aneurysm. I mean, we, we get on quote unquote smart crowds all the time, but. Good to have one here. Yeah. Um, the show ended with a death match between Takeda and Jimmy Lloyd from GCW. This was the first of many death matches I watched this weekend. I've hit my freaking death match quota. <laughs> I get no pleasure out of it. And I only watch these matches once a year because they always happen during Mania weekend. And I f- yeah. feel like I'm obligated because it's part of our sport. But I don't feel like it should be part of our sport. And that's just my opinion. People enjoy deathmatch wrestling. It's just not for me. So let's move on to Saturday. <laughs> let's start with the Hall of Fame. 
Yeah. Um, I haven't seen much of the Hall of Fame yet. Let's start with the one part I have seen, which was DX's induction. Which was perfect. It was everything I wanted from DX. <laughs> they went out there and they goofed off and they did the DX bit for 30 minutes. <laughs> it which was, is, I mean... Tr- Hunter made fun of Sean's googly eye. <laughs> they made fun of X-Pac for 30 minutes. Billy Gunn had a squirt gun that barely went off and Hunter told him, that's all right, it happens at our age. <laughs> um, it was, they brought out the podium. They did all the catchphrases. They had glow sticks. They came out on a, on a Humvee. Perfect. I mean, it's, it's, it's exactly what you expected. Yeah, so. that's all I wanted. Um, earlier in the night, though, Maybe the most unexpected moment from a Hall of Fame ever. So to kind of start, um, they did a different setup this year. They had the the podium. So they, uh, since they were set up from takeover the night before, they didn't move the ring or anything. They took the ropes off that face hard camera, put some steps in front, got rid of the barriers. So the, all the floor seating was down there. That was of course where the, you know, the talent and their families and invited people were, Uh, but everyone still kind of entered down the ramp walked down and then walked up the front into the ring, which I thought was a cool looking setup. That was, I, uh, yeah, you know what? It felt kind of cool to have them in the ring doing their hall of fame speech. I don't know. It, it made it seem a little, it seems like a step backwards. The ropes me. were it, gold, Tom. Oh yeah, but it, it just, <laughs> came off as like you know every other schlubs hall of fame type thing oh, like see, i don't know i really liked it but here's why it will never be set up this way again so brett and natty are behind the podium doing their induction of the heart foundation um in some pos because i'm gonna still try not to curse even though this makes me want to just scream obscenities um decides to uh, run from wherever he was sitting through all the talent into the ring. Uh, and he tackles Brett, um, is immediately descended on by the talent. Most notably Ronda Rousey's husband, former UFC <laughs> talent, Travis Brown, who proceeds to punch the man in the face repeatedly until Davy boy Smith gets there and does the same thing. <laughs> they drag him out uh, Dash Wilder then gets a very nice shot at him as they carry this guy away. Uh, and they cart him out. Uh, Brett and Annie get up. They finish their speech. Uh, Brett is taken to the hospital after. Because apparently he, he might have hurt his hip in the fall. Because Brett's not a spring chicken. And he's been through a lot in the last several years. Um, Plus, yeah. it's, it, I was going to say, it's a precautionary thing, too. When right. you're 61, you get tackled by somebody. Right. Go just... Check it out. Yeah, well, and especially you've got someone who suffered, you know, multiple strokes already, yeah. and they take an impact. Yeah, that's not going to be good. That the there's there's a risk there, a very high risk. Um, number one, f this guy. Uh, I just can't like it. It was so I so it happened, and I was so angry. It just it, like I was furious for hours. 
like okay one this guy someone once his name was released and i'm not gonna say it here because he doesn't deserve any fame um uh, you know his name is released people that of course found his twitter account because it's 2019 uh the dude is Back crap crazy. Because he keeps tweeting at Vince for several days leading up to about like, I'm going to show up at Mania and show you what I can do. And I'm so glad for this opportunity. And women shouldn't main event WrestleMania. They should be in the kitchen where they belong. Stuff like that. I'm like, all right, this dude's freaking psycho. Including one rant where he's tweeting Triple H and to get him at the Performance Center and then tweeting him about, why aren't you tweeting me back? Uh, but holy crap. This this happened. This really it, happened. It shocked me that he got in the ring. Like he got was able to get to the ring. Yeah. I guess it's one of those things if he's sprinting from the crowd like So here's my take on it too, right? So the the seating on the floor, there is fan seating on the floor. I think if you buy some of the the travel packages and stuff that they offer, um there is floor seating that is that is available. So I don't know if he had one of those seats or if he came down from one of the lower bowl sections or what, but I feel like because of that fact that you can get to that area very easily, security was probably not as tight too, especially since it's the Hall of Fame, right? They got you know no no one's working. So and if he's if he's got a full set of steam and he's coming from from the floor and he just kind of runs up like. I, you know, I don't know how quickly you react to that because you're like, what is that? And especially like, you don't know if it's, uh, if you look at the security and I think someone said they asked a security guard about it and they were like, they didn't know if it was part of the show. Yeah. Um. Again, kudos, kudos to everyone sitting around the ring who works for WWE and Travis who uh, immediately jumped in the ring and gave this guy exactly what he deserved. Uh, kudos to the to the new day for hopping in the ring and pulling Brett and Natty aside and making sure they were okay. But yeah, it was just yeah, I, it was just it's one of those moments that will always kind of be in my head, especially every year when the Hall of Fame comes around. Be like, remember that time that crazy guy tackled Brett? Yeah, and it like I think back. To, I mean, I think the most. I don't know if it was the most recent, but the, the last time something like that happened and stuck in my mind uh, was WCW Nitro, I guess it was. And it was Dean Malenko and I think Psychosis wrestling in, you know, just regular match. And somebody and WCW crowds at the time were, well, both, both big guys crowds, but, um, guy just decides to jump in the ring now i don't know what he necessarily he never got a chance to actually approach anyone so nobody was really sure what he wanted to do and he sort of i think he may have tripped on the ring rope as he was like getting in or maybe like some security person saw him and kind of like held him back a little bit so he kind of got in the ring but was on all fours as he got mm-hmm. in the ring, and Mark Curtis, all 120 pounds of him, choked him out. Ha, good. I mean, mounted him and just, just, just completely immobilized him. You know, I mean, 
our, our younger listeners may not realize who Mark Curtis is. Mark Curtis was a referee with uh, WCW who passed away, um, I think, 98, 99, something like that. But he was he was in the business. He was in uh, wrestled occasionally for Smoky Mountain, but was mainly a referee with Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, got hired WCW, worked there. Uh, Mark Hildebrand is his actual name, and he was, I mean, he was a smaller guy. But you gotta understand, wrestlers, referees, all these people—they're trained, and a lot of the guys, especially the more old school you are. Not only are you trained to wrestle to put on a performance, but you were always you were always trained to shoot if you needed to, because especially in the old days, you were trained that there were going to be these jerks that would potentially come out of the crowd mm-hmm. and challenge you or challenge you in a bar or something like that. And if you got into a bar fight or something and you couldn't hold your own you were useless as talent because, oh, that's the guy, uh, yeah. that you, wrestler, I kicked his you, ass in the bar last you night. You were out of the territory if that happened. Yep. And good luck getting booked somewhere else, even right. after the fact. So so all these guys learned how to be able to defend themselves and take out somebody if they needed to. And that that was the first thing I thought of was this guy got into the ring, attacked Brett, because Brett didn't see him. Like, I'm curious if Brett had noticed him coming, what would have happened? I mean, again, like you said, he's 61. He's had a stroke. He's not in great physical shape. I mean, just in general, if he was a healthy 61 year old guy, he wouldn't be in the best shape or whatever. Right. Well, if you look, if you watch the video, like, I guess they can hear the guy get in the ring. Cause he and Natty both look over before the guy ever makes it to him. And again, you're not sure what the hell's going on. Right. Like, is this a thing? Is this... Is Vince trying to and shoot think, an angle here? <laughs> I think I think if I'm in the ring and I'm doing a presentation or something like that, somebody does that, I am kind of looking at it and going, almost like looking at security going, you guys going to do something? Yeah. If nobody's doing anything, then, oh, it must be a thing. And right. Then, I mean, the biggest concern, yeah. the biggest concern I saw, you know, this crazy guy gets in the ring. No one knows. You don't know if he has any kind of weapon on him either, right? Yeah. Like a knife or anything that he hid and got in. Like, it, it, terrifying. But Brett's okay. Natty's okay. The boys did The boys did good. And apparently there is a mugshot photo out there. Oh, yes. And you can see how good the boy is. He, his, that guy's face is ground beef. That's what happens when you get beat up by Davey Boy Smith Jr., former UFC fighter Travis Brown. Oh, yeah, and Dash Wilder, who knocked the guy unconscious and appeared. Yeah, he dropped after Dash did that <laughs> shot. The, so my favorite part of that video is Dash gets that punch in, and then he just walks away, like, all proud. It was almost <laughs> like a little bit of, like, you know, suit adjustment. Like, <clears throat> okay. Um. Also, I don't know. I know we shared this in our text thread, but I don't know if anyone else saw this. Uh, if you go to Zach Ryder's uh, Instagram account, he posted a picture of him and Brett. And was like, finally, after all these years, I get my picture with Brett. And then you see Scott Dawson commenting on it. He's like, don't touch him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I left. That. I was like, funny, not funny. 
All right. So uh, at the same time this was going on was the Ring of Honor New Japan G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden. Uh, how much of this did you see? Because I only saw the final two matches. Because of um, the Hall of Fame. I only ended up watching the 30-man Honor Rumble. Okay. Which I marked out like a small child for. Until the end. Because heels. But yes. I, I, got, I got legitimately mad. Well, um, yeah, like... All right, go ahead. Go ahead and talk about it. Then I can get mad about this too, because I didn't watch it, but I saw it happening on Twitter in real time, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, I'll I'll just kind of roll real quick through because it had some good moments. Because again, the the uh, New Japan Rumble was taken out of the January fourth show, which was one of the goofy things that I appreciated, <laughs> uh, mainly because they they would bring out it was half talent and half guys that were you know had been retired for 15 years and shoot fighters from like uwfi and all it was it was it's their version uh, of the wrestlemania 17 gimmick battle royal but every year yeah pretty much um and it's fun you know you see these guys they do spots and i think it's kind of cool in that their type of rumble that they do, um, you know, you can throw somebody over the top rope, but you can also pin somebody. So it ends up happening. Like usually some real big dude ends up getting in the ring, and, like beating up a bunch of people and making a bunch of eliminations. Then the rest of the group finally figures it out. And like, they knock him down somehow. And then like seven guys jump on top of him for a pinball and cheeseburger and, and cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you have this on a rumble, and you know they they've got various people coming out, and Liger comes out. People mark out for Liger because Liger's wrestling at yeah. Square Garden. Oh yeah, and I don't remember all the people that, that actually. I can, I can tell you. Quick. I got it right yeah. here. Yeah, I mean so. Minoru Suzuki's in there. Cheeseburger is in there. You, you I mean, skipped the first entrant. I'm ignoring him for the time being. <laughs> um, I mean, Taguchi's there. Chase Owens is there. So I marked out a little bit for that. Your um, boy, Yon- Toru Yano. Pretty much half the people that were on the New Japan show that I went to from Ring of Honor were there. Right. Guys but- like Jonathan Gresham. It's like the entire uh, New Japan mid-card. Yeah. Uh, there was a cool spot where Toriano gets announced and he comes out, you know, with his stuff, his curry and everything like that. He takes about 10 steps down, then he, like, stops, and then he runs to the commentary table where uh, Kevin Kelly and... Um, I guess Chris Charlton or somebody else yeah. and Colt Cabana are doing commentary and Toriano convinces Colt Cabana to take his spot. Oh, so Colt fun. ends up going into the honor rumble and Toro starts doing commentary. <laughs> so that thoroughly entertained me because I love Toriano. Who doesn't? Um, entrant number 29 was Haku. Awesome. So 
somebody was going to get murdered. And then, and then, at, and then at thirty, oh boy, the great Muda comes out. So I see that tweet and I lost my mind. I screamed <laughs> because I mean, I love Muda. Muda's fifty-six years old, man. Yeah, but but he's still, still got it. He's a, he's one of the all-time legends of the sport. I mean, you got to figure. I was young. Muda, I think, came over to not even WCW. Muda came over to NWA Wrestling, wow. Crockett's promotion, in '87. And he was like, he was just this introduction to Japanese wrestling. And it wasn't like, because you had other Japanese guys that were just giant, goofy stereotypes Mm -hmm. that, you know, like Mr. Fuji types and Altor Salt in the Corner and that type of thing. And Muda came out and he was managed by Gary Hart. I love Gary Hart. And Gary Hart just put this like aura of like unpredictability with muda and he came out and he did this you know he did all the kung fu type stuff it's like all right that's kind of cool or whatever yeah i mean you had muda it was just muda being able to wrestle in madison square garden and just growing up having watched him and just having him introduce like new japan or just japanese wrestling in general to me uh, and everything from the green mist to the moon salts to just the handspring uh, uh, flying elbows in the corner and the the quick elbow drops it was awesome and just being able to see him and Liger in the middle of the ring just I mean I think the crowd was into it I was into it everybody kind of wanted to see it and and then. And then they had to put over Kenny King because he's a heel. This entire show seemed like it was terrible, and that seemed to be the general consensus online. It's it was the tale of two shows. It was Ring of Honor doing Ring of Honor stuff and New Japan doing good stuff. Yeah, uh, except for this match where Ring of Honor was like, "Well, this is our show. <laughs> Screw you." Yeah, I mean that that's what it came out to be it was just like all right well we'll have you know we'll have you guys get the spotlights people pay attention but god damn it we're putting our guys over yeah oh kenny king um so for the sake of brevity um i saw the three-way ladder match for the ring of honor world championship where matt taven won much to the dismay of i don't know every human being on the planet that <coughs> uh, cool and then the Okada Jay White match, where Okada regained his uh, IWGP Heavyweight Championship for the fifth time. Um, that match was there, like it was cool that it was Okada in Madison Square Garden, but it felt like it was just a match. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and actually watch it and it was, see. But it was fine. It was cool. Oh, seeing Okada finally like beat up Ghetto a little bit was cool. Yeah. Um but otherwise it was just I don't know. It just something felt weird about it. The whole Jay White push in general's been weird. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe I the know. American crowd too felt weird because hearing people chant F U Gato, F U J, like it was just, it felt weird. I don't, it was, I don't know. Yeah. I Having mean, a this is awesome chant during a New Japan match, just, I, <laughs> it was, like, I don't understand. Like it was, and I, I'm not, I'm not complaining about those chants. Like, you know, do your thing. You're not, you know, they were all within the context of the match. We're not just random, you know, people aren't randomly chanting things. Uh, but I don't know. And like I said, the match itself was there. It was okay. I mean, we've got Jay White and it's just, it's just not working. I think at this point, I mean, it, it is to an extent. I mean, it, it kind of works in Japan, but I mean, just as a different crowd, and how they work off of that, it just it just kind of makes it I, I think it's time to just kind of move on and work off of something else. I mean, yeah. the, the belt on Okada, then it kind of belongs there. So Yeah, but who do you move on to? Naito? Like, I, I just want something I want something fresh from New Japan. And I don't know what the answer is. Jay White was the fresh option. And coming out of Tokyo Dome, I was like, all right, cool. I think we're headed in the right direction with him. But Jay seemed like an overpush. I mean, yeah. I mean, enough people were going, well, Jay's just taking Kenny Omega's spot. Right. Yeah. But, um, like, I don't know. Do you, do you push Osprey full-time? I mean, he just dropped the, tight, the never-open weight to Jeff Cobb. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Weight know. division, which would be fun, but do you have somebody like Zack Saber Jr. Who they seem to be pushing decently hard. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I think you do not. Yeah, fold the promotion. That's what I say. <laughs> All right. Um, Ring of Honor. Okay. Yeah. Right. Please. Uh, so that was G One Supercard. So let's talk about uh, what happened after that, which you haven't watched, but that was Joey Janela's Spring Break Part 2. <laughs> um, four matches on the show that went three hours. Uh, most notably, LAX defeating the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> I got the to Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, I got to watch them in 2019. Which just makes my heart sing. And yeah, they're a little slower and they're old, but it's still the Rock and Roll Express. And like their passion and energy is still there. It's just cool to watch. Um, that was followed by L.A. Park and Masato Tanaka. <laughs> Which was also two old guys. And I didn't care because it was awesome. Uh, which was then followed by the it was 60-some entrant, the Cluster F Battle Royal. Which ended in a no contest um, because all the women came out and uh, uh, like laid everyone out and then brought Joey Janela's limp body out because he's such a he's such a chauvinist. All right. It was kind of cool. It was a cool moment because you had like uh, you just had a bunch of great indie women out there. So 
attack. It was a, it was a cool Scott. statement. It was a, it was a cool statement within the um, full concept of the weekend and the fact that, you know the next day we're getting the first ever women's main event. So it felt like a, a continuation of the of the WWE story. Like the women are rising. Um, the next day, um, I'd like to call attention to the next day when uh, Orange Cassidy is doing something or whatever, who knows, was a show. <laughs> uh, which included a best 7 out of 13 falls match that I watched. <laughs> <laughs> which went 13 falls, <laughs> of course. Of course it did. <laughs> Including two via DQ. Um. There was a one-minute time limit match where Trent beat Chuck Taylor in overtime. (laughs) Um, Those were kind of my highlights. So disappointed. I was talking to somebody. I think it was at the tailgate, and I mentioned Trent Beretta, and I was like, and I mentioned him as Trent. (laughs) They didn't understand. I was talking about no. That sucks. Trent. Uh, yeah, which is a shame because that means they don't listen to this podcast. No, so because we make that joke every time. I just like the fact that there was a one minute time limit match. Kind of worked out for that. That's for millennials. They have no attention span these days, yeah. right? Right. It went one minute and five seconds because <laughs> the crowd was chanting five more seconds. <laughs> uh, uh, GCW crowds always great. Um, so let's move on to the main event of the weekend. WrestleMania 35, which even though we've already been talking an hour, somehow we still have this show to go. Oh God, here we go. Fortunately, we can probably fly through this one pretty fast because yes, it was 16 matches long, but there's a lot we can go. That was a thing. Now again, okay. So give me your overall impression of this WrestleMania. Um, Long Island is very strong. <laughs> That's the story of the pre-show. Give me your perception of the yeah. entire show. Uh, I mean, good, solid show. I mean, was it outstanding? Not necessarily, and that may have been due to length, but I mean, like, show? Yeah. Yeah. I would say it would have been a good show to introduce some, you know, like a non necessarily to wrestling, but sit a non wrestling fan through five to seven hours. Of... Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, the show is just, it's too long. I think everyone agrees with that. Yeah. Um, but it was a solid WrestleMania. I think you could even put it uh, because of the consistency of the show. And even as long as it was, the pacing of the show was just right. It might fall top ten for me, all time. It just it felt it was a good show, and it was it was seven and a half hours long, and I might have been exhausted by the end, but I en- I enjoyed it. Like it ended, and I was like, I'm glad I spent seven and a half hours watching this. <laughs> I wish yeah. it would have been five, but you know. And it's mania. It should be longer. It's it's our you know it's the Super Bowl of our sport. We knew it going in. I mean, yeah, we knew how long the card was going to be. We knew when stuff was planned. We're like, yep, that main event's going to be after midnight. We know. Yeah. So let's get some pin mail in here about it. 
Tom. I'm doing the song. We need time. Come on, come on. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is a good way to start our discussion here uh, from our buddy Dan. Uh, top three matches and the match or segment that did nothing for you. So top three and bottom one before we run through the card. Three of WrestleMania? Yes. Not 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 the weekend. No, but we're talking just Mania. Yeah. Um, I think you can't go wrong with. Uh, obviously, number one, I think, is Kofi. Yep. Daniel Bryan. Yep. Top number one by far. Yeah. Uh, number two, at least for me, Shane and Miz. Okay. I mean, we saw that big spot coming, so... Yeah. I don't know. After after the Kofi-Daniel thing, it's hard for me to put... Like, that's clearly the number one, but I could shuffle some, everything else around under it. Um, I mean, I think as we're going two and three and that type of thing, it's just... Um, take away anything from a couple of the other matches. And I love the Tony nice Brady Murphy match. Great uh, match. Yeah, um, I think uh, I'll put as my three Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, just because of the way that they kind of just put that together in such a short period of time, like the action to time ratio or whatever. Yeah, it really enjoyable. And the whole the whole kind of story around that of Paul Heyman storming out like it was cool. So I. I was I, for three for me kind of goes back and forth between that and Triple H Batista because I thought while Triple H Batista was way too long, it was still very good. If you take five minutes off of it, seven minutes off of it, it's great. You're just happy because your boy won and doesn't have to retire now. Well, I mean, yes, that's part of it. But I thought I like the story was the, I thought they told a very good story in the ring. Like it, I, they did a good job. Like, that was probably the most entertaining Triple H match at WrestleMania in a while. Mm. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, your your low point of the evening. Uh, I mean, I didn't necessarily have a true low point. Um, I mean, there were some low moments, like, in the, the pre-show Battle Royals, but shrug that off yeah um i guess my low point technically was corbin over angle and i mean i get it we discussed the fact that angle was going to go out quote unquote the right way want that to happen yeah yeah um low point for me was joe ray yeah like, I was looking at that why too. didn't we just do that on SmackDown? Or, like, okay. I know Ray's hurt, right? But eh, it didn't need to be on the show. You could have saved, you could have shaved off five minutes there, counting the entrances. I don't know if it's that they wanted to have a, a Ray entrance or they wanted to. I don't know. I don't know. If there's some provision in his contract where Ray needs to be, if Ray says that 
you know, he's healthy enough to be in WrestleMania. He has to be at WrestleMania. Right. So I, I, um, honor, oh. Honorable mention for low point of the evening, um, racist Hulk Hogan appearing and everyone being okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's fly through this card here. There's There will be times to stop, but uh, starting with the pre-show, wouldn't be a pre-show without the Cruiserweight Championship match. We already kind of touched on this. Tony Nese gains his first Cruiserweight Championship, defeating Buddy Murphy in 1040. Long Island. Great, great Cruiserweight match. Huh? Yeah. With the great rematch on uh, 205 Live afterwards. So. Ooh, I haven't watched that yet. I did miss. I did miss some WWE this week. All right. Uh, I'm disappointed. Second on the pre-show, the uh, uterus trophy was on the line in the women's battle royal. Carmella shockingly won. Much to the surprise of, I think, literally everyone in the planet, defeating Sarah Logan in 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Man, I was so happy when I thought Sarah Logan won. I was like, that's an yeah. interesting swerve, and I am here for it. Yeah, that, uh, that, that whole, I mean, most of the finish, but again, and kind of foreshadowed earlier by the uh, the Ring of Honor card, how shocking they're not eliminated part comes up. But yeah. Um, yeah, that that sucked. But yeah, I mean, it made Sarah Logan look pretty good. And yeah, it gives I, me hope like for it. what they want to do with her, because I like her. I liked her as Crazy Mary Dobson. I like her as Sarah Logan. Like she's good. Like and a good like powerhouse woman like that. Like it's hard to find. People got like I mean there were some people online that got extremely pissy like why didn't Oscar win why didn't Oscar win I'm fine with Oscar not winning a battle royal this is no one on one competition you'd have thought the world ended when all the neckbeards lost their mind who cares like Oscar Oscar's on a different plane than pretty much every woman on this match this did nothing to hurt that because you know what no one's going to remember this because really you... like when I mean. Who it's, won last it's a year? Perfect win for Carmella because that's the kind of wrestler that Carmella is. She's sneaky and yeah, to do, and that's what you do in battle royals. You know, yep. you kind of sneak in and and then she came out Tuesday night, screw somebody over, and we didn't even acknowledge it because <laughs> this doesn't matter. Um, in a match signed late in the week, so we didn't talk about it last week. So I guess it was on Friday is when they announced this. Uh, the Raw Tag Team Championships were on the line as Kurt Hawkins snapped his very nice 269 match losing streak uh, with Zack Ryder taking the tag team titles off the Revival in 1320. Long Island, baby. More Long Island. Yeah. Um, uh, the crowd the crowd popped huge because Hawkins and Ryder won. And then they go Monday night and retain. I'm down for it. It feels a bit like I won't even I won't use the phrase transitional champ, but it feels like when uh, uh, Slater and Rhino had the titles for that period in time. It's just a feel good story. Yeah, yeah. And two guys that you know they don't utilize very much, and, but are that are both absolutely good enough. You can put them in this position for a few months, and no one's gonna be like, "That's not believable," you know. So it's cool. I saw I saw this being a one day title. 
Revival taking the titles back on Monday. But we're at least getting a week. Which is awesome. Um, Zach's probably like, come on, you did this to me once already. Let me <laughs> let me get at least a week. Right, yeah. Uh, closing out the pre-show, the 30-man Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Braun Strowman, to the surprise of literally no one, won in 10 minutes and 20 seconds by eliminating Saturday Night Live's Colin Jost. Which I thought it was cool that they had them hide under the ring. And can I just... I think this was a good... like. Colin Jost and Michael Che were used well. Like, they went and hid under the ring, and then they popped out. They banked off. They didn't show anybody up. Like, it was just... It it worked well. They didn't, they didn't kind of claim to be wrestlers. They didn't... Um, although... I have to give uh, Colin Jost impressive... Um, heel props for his tights odell beckham jr jersey oh yeah that too his clean... giant stadium yes uh and his uh no his braun Strowman face tights with the circle with the line through it yeah. funny while uh michael che wore tights with all of his snl cast members face on them <laughs> it was funny it, it was good for a laugh again it doesn't mean anything it was fine and I think people, there were a couple of people that were concerned. They're just like, oh, you know, what are these guys? It's, it's WrestleMania. It's the pre-show. It's their t- It's their moment to be on TMZ. There you go. They got it. They're not going to be wrestling for 12 minutes in the ring. They, no. they hid like was expected. And then did, did they you spent a minute or two did you to, see the, to the angle. The video they put on WWE.com after, uh, or I guess they, they had a camera down there with Michael, uh, with those two, with Michael Che and, and a Colin Jost. It's them, uh, the video uh, of them hiding under the ring. <laughs> uh, it was, it was entertaining. I was like, all right. So I have no problem with that. The build might've been terrible with them involved, but the actual action was not, was not terrible. Boogeyman should have been under there. Oh God, that'd have been all. He like chases them out, or horn or hornswoggle. But he was in the uh, battle royal uh, the night before the cluster F, so you know he had a hypodermic needle shoved in his head. Deathmatch wrestling. That uh, happens. Yeah. All right. Uh, main card. Seth Rollins defeats Brock Lesnar, and frees us all from his tyrannical reign as Universal Champion. In what bell to bell was two minutes and thirty seconds, but we already touched on this uh, and how it happened. Uh, it wasn't two. It wasn't two thirty. It was more like probably about seven, eight, yeah, nine minutes. She had the before the bell ever rang. Lesnar beating him down, ragdolling him basically, uh, and Seth, of course, in uh, current two thousand nineteen WWE babyface ways, uh, low blows Lesnar. Which I'm fine with, you know, because it's, it's nothing that, as he said Monday night, it's nothing that Lesnar wouldn't do in order to get his belt or keep his belt. And we all know Seth's a, Seth's a sneaky little dirty boy. <laughs> so, well, I don't know, because Daniel Bryan does one low blow and suddenly he becomes. Tall. Yeah. Well, bastard. Let's, yeah. Well, let's look at Shinsuke last year. Right, no. Shinsuke and AJ's entire feud was based on "I will hit you in nuts." So, um, 
whatever. The the belt's not on Brock anymore, so I do not care. We get to I, see I like the We get to see it every week. Like And you did the three curb stomps and that put him down. Yeah. That's like it. I like that finish. Yeah. I thought I thought that it was it was exactly what it needed to be. Um next matchup, AJ Styles defeats Randy Orton in 16 minutes and 20 seconds, even though I think like 50% of MetLife Stadium couldn't see what was happening because the lights were in their face. <sighs> That's really the story of this match. Was the turn the lights off chance. Um, I, I wanted more from this match, and I think we talked about this last week. You know, I wanted AJ to push Randy to like the next level. This was a perfectly fine match. You have yeah. two masters of, techni- of technical entering work, and it delivered on that level. But that was about it. It was fine. I don't hate it. It was enjoyable. I'm never going to go back and watch it again. But it was, it was a good main event or semi-main event of like a C-level pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. A fast lane match. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. It was, I mean, and again, it was a good match. It was very well worked. It's just a hastily, you know, a simple hastily kind of thrown together story that everyone was like, all right, I can get behind this. And then the match happened. Everybody was like, okay, that was fine. (laughs) Um, AJ may now be hurt coming off of it. He was pulled off of SmackDown last night. Uh, So hopefully it's not too bad. Could probably, maybe just his back flaring up a bit. But if anyone deserves some time off in this company, he is certainly one of those people. Next up, Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. In 10 minutes and 10 seconds, the Usos retain against Aleister Black and Ricochet, Rusev and Shinsuke, and The Bar. Ricochet was the superstar of this match. Realistically, that that still was going to be a black and ricochet. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think we said last week they retain, right? I think that was our both of our prediction there. And you know, it was a good it was a good four way match. Again, it was good. I didn't hate it. It's, it didn't. It doesn't stand out. Next year, I'll be like, what did those guys do? <laughs> I'll look back and be like, oh yeah, that was an okay match. Yeah. Tom? I have, I got nothing else to say. It, right. was, it was what you said. Yeah. And like I said, Al- late, man. Let's just, yeah, let's, let's plow. Yeah. Alistair Black and Ricochet, superstars of that match. Uh, Shane McMahon defeats The Miz in a Falls Count Anywhere match, 15 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, the pinfall happens when uh, Miz superplexes Shane off of the rig out in the crowd where the hard camera is. Um, but because of the nature of the move, they hit the ground. They're both unconscious, of course, but you know, because of the way they're going to land when they do that move, Shane has one arm on top of Miz and gets the three count. Interesting storytelling there. Enjoyed it. Uh, it was great to see, uh, Mr. Miz come in and defend his son. It was good to see like, yeah, 
it was great to see fiery baby face Miz because I think that's the first time we've seen him like we've we've seen him in this baby face role for a while now, but seeing him use that kind of heel energy that he always carries and and transfer it into that role was really nice. Uh, gives yeah. me gives me a lot more faith in Babyface Miz. So it was enjoyable. Again, gr- another good match. Like I said, one of my favorites of the night. Upset. I'm upset Shane won. But given what happened Tuesday night, I'm interested to see where it goes. I want to see more heel Shane. More cocky heel Shane. Not just, oh. not just uh, McMahon heel Shane. It's a different right. heel role for him for once. It's, it's kind of cool. Um, women's tag team championships, 10 minutes and 45 seconds. The Iconics, shockingly, I think the team we, uh, we gave the least credit to, to win this, uh, defeated Bailey and Sasha Banks, Nia Jackson, Tamina and Beth Phoenix and Italia. That was I'd pop. <laughs> I was so excited <laughs> because I don't think any of us have ever thought like, Man, they see them as like a real, you know, we, okay, we, I think we all thought Vince, you know, Vince sees them as a comedy act, which, and they're very good at that, but we didn't see them as a credible threat at any point in time. I mean, realistically, if there was ever two people to put the tag team belts on in the women's division, it's, it's perfect. Them. It's so good. Team there. Yeah. And it's the one legit tag team, right? I mean, you could build Nia Jackson Tamina to be that. Uh, but those, they're the only other ones I can think of, right? I mean, there there are other people that are friends and that type of thing. I mean, when you put, like, together, I mean, that's that's technically a friendship and a connection there. But they're not... They're not like, uh, yeah, so so good. I'm fair. I'm so happy for them. And you could tell how emotional they were when they won too. That they they realized their dream. Because neither of them had you know any huge success in NXT at that level. So very happy the, for, for the Australian. I think Peyton had a push for a little while, and she just got fed to Oscar. Yeah, she was in a fatal. The closest she ever got to that, she was in a fatal four uh, match for the women's title at a takeover. Because I remember that I was like, I hope she wins, and she didn't. And I was sad. Um, biggest moment of the night, match number ten. <laughs> uh, Kofi Kingston defeats the new Daniel Bryan and becomes the new WWE champion. I cried. I'm going to be honest. I was so happy for Kofi. And I was... It was... Yeah. It was the ideal build. And it's funny to... It came out of nowhere almost by accident. And you had something like when... I mean, you had the parallels with this and... Daniel Bryan's WrestleMania 30 run. Mm-hmm. But Bryan's run was so built for so long. It, it was the slow build there. Yeah. Everyone wants to claim that was the voice of the fans. It was not. It was all. I am firmly convinced to this day that is that is their thing to say to be like, 
to be able to make people think like the WWE universe matters. Your opinions matter. No, they don't. They were they were planning that the entire time. It makes you wonder what they would have done had gotten hurt. Yeah, that that's the real question, right? Does Ali reach this height here? Would we? I like. I also would not have been mad at that. That would have been cool. That would have been cool as hell too. I don't think you put the belt on him though. You could, and I'd believe it and not hate it for a second. I mean, I could see building him up to like a U.S. champion and then kind of working your way through that, but I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think he takes that same path. I don't know. Works as so a good look, kind of scrappy underdog. But... I look at it as okay. This is the mania where we're putting women first, right in the main event. Oh. And it sounds really terrible. But you know part of their thought process around Ali would have been, we can have a Muslim champion. Yeah. And again, not like he doesn't deserve it. I'm, I don't want to take anything away from him because he's an incredible talent. He's, gonna, he's going to be there one day. Um, of his own accord, right? His his heritage and his religion, notwithstanding, he he, right. he can get to that level. Part of me thinks WWE definitely thought like we can have a Muslim champion and take him to Saudi Arabia with us. Oh. So I don't know, but I'm so happy for Kofi, and I was so happy to see how happy Biggie and Xavier were, like their yeah. move to tears, especially the moment when uh, they reveal the traditional WWE championship belt and you see uh, right before he pulls the cloth off of it like Xavier basically in tears uh, Kofi brings his kids into the ring it was that was Wrestlemania like that's what you want from that from Wrestlemania I kind of dug the fact that it was early enough in the extremely long card the younger fans would have gotten a chance to see it. I yeah. mean, I don't I don't remember what time technically that match took place. Mm-hmm. But say as I mean cuz theoretically that match is a semi main event. Right. Putting the women in the main event. So the WWE championship should be like a semi main. Mm-hmm. But you end up putting it where you do we have to put it there because you know the and crowd's going to works. Yeah, because the crowd's going to be so emotionally spent after that, you got to rebuild them back up. So uh, again, that goes back to the comment I had earlier. The pacing on this show was wonderful. Um, I, uh, to do that to throw the uh, Lesnar match as the opener. Yeah, I mean, it, there were some. There was a lot of creativity done in booking this card. Yeah. To know and to go into it up. knowing we've got sixteen matches and we're gonna make this last seven and a half hours. This is the best possible order. They nailed it. Um I was also really touched by seeing all the videos online on Twitter, YouTube, everywhere, um of fans of color uh just being moved. Like yeah. uh, like that 
you know, representation is so huge, especially in something that is as global as this. Um, I think I think there was footage of like Shay and uh, MVP. I think. Yeah. Like it's two two guys that aren't on, you know, that aren't WWE superstars anymore. But I mean, both of them wrestled at the time that Kofi was wrestling on the, you know, they they, they wrestled with Kofi. They know mm-hmm. Kofi. So, yeah, it, it's hard to re- realize how long Kofi's been on the mm-hmm. WWE 11, 11 years. It's a long time. But yeah, not, you know, being a, 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 a white cis straight male like representation is not a huge issue for me in much of anything in my life (laughs) but to see what it means to others it's one of those things you're like i'm you know i i don't understand what that means on a personal level because again i'm represented everywhere but like i understand and i i can see it like it's it's one of those moments where you go i get it and like I I can't feel anything but joy like for that. So and it opens so many doors and it opens uh you know future opportunity for so many kids who can see that and be like I can do that now. You know, Kofi can be the inspiration to the next generation. Uh, he did it, I can do that. It's just, it's such a yeah. It means it means so much. Uh, we already talked about this a little bit. In one minute, Samoa Joe beats Rey Mysterio, retains his U.S. championship. Cool. <laughs> Whatever. It happened. Uh, Roman Reigns defeats Drew McIntyre in 10 minutes and 10 seconds. Cool. This match, this, maybe this is my low point, because I wanted so much more from this match, and it just felt flat. And it could have been still recovering from the emotional drain of the Kofi match. Because there still really was no buffer between that and this match. Because the Samoa Joe Ray match was one minute. Um, Great to see Roman. Great to see Roman win. Very happy for him. He wasn't on TV this week, which I thought was weird. <laughs> A little rest. I mean, you know, he's yeah, I, probably not completely to 100% at this point. Yeah. I also saw the point made online a lot too, like, you know, even though it's Roman, uh, you know, coming back from this and, you know, he's pretty much universally loved, you know, at this point, because everyone understands his struggle. Do you really walk him out in front of the Raw After Mania crowd in Brooklyn <laughs> and risk oh. it? And I was like, that's a real good point. Yeah. Yeah. Bring him back when you go to Corpus Christi and it's dead silent. <laughs> Uh, Triple H keeps his career defeating Batista, who is now officially retired from sports entertainment in the longest match of the evening, <laughs> because of course it's a Triple H match, 24 minutes, 45 seconds. Like I said, I, I enjoyed this match. I, I thought it was, again, shave five, seven minutes off of this. It's, it, it's an all time classic. Yeah. Uh, but it was still very good. Uh, Triple H clearly watching all the GCW shows, ripping Batista's uh, nose ring out with a pair of pliers, <laughs> which was cool. I miss sadistic Triple H. That's my favorite. Especially when he starts doing that and Corey Graves yells, 
That's our boss. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Batista looked great. I thought, you know, for having been away for what four years now, coming back something like that. So more than that, I think maybe five. Or no, I guess it would have been after thirty, right? Was it right after 30 when the Shield split up that summer after 30? Yeah, it would have been because 31 is when Seth cashed in. Yeah, so it's been five years. Six years almost. Wow. All right. We got the machine gun pyro. I didn't care. (laughs) Uh, Baron Corbin defeats Kurt Angle, ending his career. Six minutes and five seconds. I called this one. Kurt did the right thing. Uh, but then Monday night, Kurt at least hits him with an angle slam. <laughs> so, cool. I was like, that's how you do it, right? Kurt loses. Kurt still gets one up. I wish Kurt would have just left the ring Sunday night and not cut a promo after. And save that, yeah. for, save that for Monday. Because um, he kind of lost and then just like popped up and was like, hey, Chant, you suck at me again. And I was like, all right, that's weird. I wanted that that moment to be his last. Yeah. Uh, I marked the hell out because Finn Balor beat Bobby Lashley in four minutes and five seconds to capture the Intercontinental Championship. He was the demon. The entrance was great. Um, should have only been one minute and five seconds because they let. It, it, we talked about this last week too. Should have been a squash with the demon. They, I think they let Lashley get too much offense in, but Finn still looked real strong making that slam happen. Uh, so that was uh, that was the story there. Is it with the demon? He can do that, and I'm like that kind of redeemed it in my eyes. Like, all right, he can hit him with a, he can hit him with a power bomb, which is still you look at a guy like La- uh, Balor versus a guy like Bobby. Like, that's real good. Even though I know he's helping you, that's still you're you're a real strong little boy. Uh, and then in our main event, Becky Lynch, the man, captures. Both championships. They're all in SmackDown. In a triple threat match. Beating Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. Pinning Ronda Rousey under controversial circumstances? Question mark? That we didn't discuss Monday night? Question mark? Or Tuesday? Oopsie. Yeah, so... The reports I saw... So that, yeah, that was supposed to be... So, as first when it happens, basically... The way the finish happens is Becky ends up just rolling up Ronda in a crucifix. One, two, three, the end. I think that finish, uh, if it, even if it goes off correctly, still kind of weak. Yeah. Right? I think we, as fans, I think we wanted that cathartic moment of Becky submitting Ronda, right? Because the pin was always going to be on Ronda. Um, to roll her up in a crucifix feels really indecisive. Like they didn't fully commit to like, well, we want her to pin Ronda, but we can't, we can't make her, we can't, we don't want her to lose much here. I, I don't think Ronda Rousey loses anything if you have her tap to Becky Lynch in this storyline, in this situation, in this moment. I meant Ronda's real and Becky's fake. Which I realize is the storyline, right? Which it, it mystifies me that we brought that into the storyline. Yeah. Because I'm like, she's... Uh, it, I'm not going to rehash all that mess. 
because um, it is we it is late. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Rhonda doesn't get both shoulders on the ground, so immediately commentary goes into into that, and I think that's an audible they called and then decided Monday night not to go with. Because I think, had Ronda not gotten injured in the match, supposedly Ronda has broken her hand and will be out of action. She's not just leaving. She's now going to have to be out. Um, I think if we don't have the injury, we call that up for a little bit and have that discussion. But now that she's not going to be there at all, like, why does it matter? We just go with Becky won the end. And I don't, I don't think anyone's going to care. I don't care. Thoughts, Tom? I don't think anyone's necessarily going to care either. Um, but I still think that WWE's keeping that door open with Ronda. And if you defeat her by a kind of, you know, roll up kind of thing, Ronda doesn't tap out. Ronda doesn't look weak. And it keeps Ronda happy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, R- Ronda's going to be away for all. Ronda will absolutely come back. Like, and uh, given the year she just had, she is more than welcome back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Becky Becky wins. Pyro goes off. WrestleMania goes off the air at 1230. <laughs> um, quick, quick hits time here on Penn Mail. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, let's play a little F Mary Kill. Takeover, WrestleMania, Raw after WrestleMania. This is from our buddy uh, Justin at Drunk Kane's fan on Twitter. Um, I mean, you have. I think you have to kill the Raw after WrestleMania. Okay, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly because there's true benefit out of that i mean sometimes there is you know you have a little bit of a shake-up but especially the way that it is right now it's just filler yep with the um, shake-up two weeks after now right after wrestlemania yeah. is just a non-canon show it's just what it is so um, i agree interested to see your next two i think you take over and you marry WrestleMania. Oh, Tom, a man after my own heart. WrestleMania is always going to be there for you. WrestleMania is tradition. WrestleMania is years and years and years and years. It's, it has and its ups and NXT, downs. And <laughs> sometimes you but, hate it, but you still love it. Yeah, you may not like it, but you love it. See, <laughs> is that short? you know, like energetic thing. It's, you know, that comes around every once in a while, I guess, but NXT is punk rock. Like it happens and you're there in the moment and you're grinding your teeth and you're howling like a wolf and you find, and you find some rope. What? So many is your memories. It's what you grew up with. It's comfort. It's home. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, for everybody knows our Unlock716 uh, on Twitter, minus the length of your show, in your opinion, was this one of the best overall booked manias? That's part one. There's a part two. 
And I, you know, I said this is a, a top 10 all time for me. So yeah, I say yes. Pacing was right. The, the right people won. The crowd went home happy. It was a great show. It, it was strong. I mean, I'd have to start getting out charts and go over all 35 of them, but yeah, sure. I'll, I'll go with it now. And then, you know, I'll walk back on that later on. Yeah. Six months from now, we should rewatch it and see how we feel. That'd be an interesting exercise. Uh, part two of this question. Also, who would you like to see be Kofi's next challenger? Orton Kofi could be fun considering their history. I wouldn't. Yeah, ha- I, don't, I, don't, I don't want that. I don't either. I mean, I get what you're saying. I could see that being like a, you know, if we did that as a one month build to a B pay-per-view. All right, whatever. They move on. I guess there's no one else. Um, I think AJ Kofi's great. I think Owens Kofi is great. I just want to see Owens and New Day go back and forth. <laughs> there's oh. mo- there's money in that. I could see I could see New Day moving back to Raw. Uh and I could I could see a uh, a Drew Kofi, right? Or yeah. Drew coming to SmackDown. And I think that's big. Sure is only a matter of time. Till he holds his trap. Oh yeah, for sure. And he should. He's just he checks all all the boxes. Um from our buddy at Meet Positive Pete on Twitter. Kofi winning was the highlight of the night, but what can they do to fix the length of the broadcast? I wanted to appreciate Becky more, but was too tired. <sighs> it's hard when you've got a roster this deep. It's hard when yeah. you've got 335 titles you need to defend. You you can't split WrestleMania into two nights. I already fear for how that's what that's going to do to New Japan and Wrestle Kingdom next year. Yeah. Um cuz like after the first day the hype is the hype is gone. Even if you split the the matches up correctly, right? So I I don't know what the answer is. Because you you want everyone to be on the show, you want everyone to get their payday from that show. Because and, and and if you're in this business, you know now the goal in this business now for this generation who grew up watching the the Attitude Era and the new generation and all is to be at WrestleMania. Whether you're in that battle royal in the first match of the night or you're main eventing, like you got your Mania moment. So you you want these guys that have reached the WWE level to get that? Um, it's hard to say what you do to fix it. Splitting it is the easy answer, but it's not the right answer. And I don't know what the right answer is. I mean, I don't know if you can really do anything about length for the reasons that you've said. Um, maybe push the pre-show back a little bit. And I mean... Realistically, have the show, you know, go two hours earlier, let's say. Are you saying add an intermission, basically? And I'm trying to figure out how to do this, because if if it's going to end at 1230, let's see. Let's say you start at noon. All right, so you push push an hour. Push it an hour back. Start the pre-show at four instead of five. And start the actual show at six instead of seven. So what if you started at noon 
And this is still, we're not doing anything about the length of the card here, but this is me adding a break in. You start at noon, you go noon to four. You have a half hour intermission. You come back at 4.30, you go to 10. Now you've built in more time, but you've are, you know, you could start at one or two, whatever you want to do. You've built in more time, but you've added that intermission for the live crowd to get up, stretch, go get something to drink, go take a, go to the bathroom. You've added everyone at home the chance to like, I don't know, go see the sunlight. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know that there's a good answer here. And an interesting piece of this um, is if you read the uh, 10K filings or the 10S filings, the bonus struck part of the bonus structure, 33% of the bonus structure of executives of WWE is based upon growth in the number of average hours viewed on WWE Network. Okay. Every year that WrestleMania, their biggest event with the most eyes on it gets longer that number of average hours goes up and they bonus more. <laughs> so I don't think the problem is solved. System. Yeah. I don't think the problem is solved anytime soon. Uh, and again, you know, this, this show was long. It was paced correctly. The card was laid out correctly. So yeah, it was, it was a really long day, but it, it felt good. Right. We were all tired by the main event. I don't doubt that. The 83,000 in MetLife retired. I know I was exhausted. Yeah. Uh, mentally, physically, emotionally. <laughs> so I mean, we had a break. We didn't have to actually start caring until, say, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. These yeah. are people that were there hours before I didn't, that. I didn't go tailgate and then go to WrestleMania. No. Um, let's see here. Uh, okay, last question. Uh, one from Justin in our Discord, which if you go to our uh, Twitter, I may, maybe I'll make that the pin tweet. You can join our Discord where we hang out live during uh, pretty much anything. One of, some of us are in there. Uh, from Justin, which day of the past four days was the best day of wrestling and why? I'd argue NXT TakeOver rocked from start to finish. I'm still going to pick Sunday. It was mania. It was a long, I mean, exhausting day, but it's it goes back to what we were talking about, dear F. Mary Kill. Like, you you can't wake up that morning and be like mad because it's mania day. Yeah, <laughs> like it may not have been the best wrestling, but it's the highest day of pageantry and pomp and circumstance, and that is. It feels like the one day we're socially accepted into the world as wrestling fans. <laughs> it, it's fun to follow Twitter on WrestleMania Day because you still get the handful of people that just bitch endlessly about the fact that people are, why are all these people talking about wrestling? You know, it's oh. fake, right? I only saw one, one person that we follow through our account and I, I chirped back at him. I couldn't not do it. And I, of course, went back at them with a, you, you know, everything you're watching TV and the movies is fake too, right? <laughs> so, um, all right, quick hits on uh, SmackDown and Raw. I've got to get out of here. Uh, Paige is bringing a tag team to uh, face the Iconics and challenge them. Which, yay, Paige is back. 
Uh, Lars is back. He showed up on both shows and laid people out. Uh, Glad to see that. Yeah. Just because it means that his head's in a better place. So Even though he's also a racist POS. Which is, you know, bad for him. So Yeah. Um, I still don't want anyone to have, like, you know, mental issues. That's that's not good. But he's still POS. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, the Hardy Boys are the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. They beat the Usos on Tuesday night. Oh. Um, Lacey Evans it appears to be Becky's next challenger. Uh, Becky no-sold her the woman's right on Monday. And then Tuesday uh, took it like a champ and oversold it. <laughs> Uh, what else? What else big did we miss? I don't think we missed anything else. Both of these shows were pretty, yeah. Next week is the Superstar Shake-Up, though. So, it's about to go down. Which is exciting. Oh, Sami Zayn is back. He's still a heel. We didn't miss that. I also did enjoy the moment Tuesday night where Orton RKO'd somebody and then immediately Kevin Owens showed up and stunned them. Which is good for a chuckle. I'm sure I missed something, but we have been going for almost two hours now, so it is time to punch out because we are not yes. we are we are not WrestleMania. <laughs> so, Tom, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. To the Twitter machine at Mr. Warcrate at Mr. Warcrate. Other things, but I'm too tired to even think about that right now. Right. You can find me on the internet at jcbobbit, J-C-B-O-B-B-I-T-T, on Twitter or wherever finer social media is purveyed. You can find the show on Twitter at CheatersNVRPin. You can find us on Facebook at CheatersNeverPin. Give us a big blue thumbs up. Tell us how much you like us. Uh, and you can find us all on Instagram at CheatersNeverPin. I'm going to start updating those again. Uh, you can also find us on Discord. Uh, there's some link that's a bunch of letters and numbers because we're not fancy enough to have a, a dedicated link to it. But go to our Twitter and you can find it there. Join us and hang out with us while we watch uh, wrestling. It's fun. Lots of fun people ch- uh, chatting in there. Um, if you like audiobooks, go to audibletrial.com slash cheaters never pin. Get one for free for us when you join an audible trial. Uh, and use our Amazon link on cheatersneverpin.com before you do any shopping there. We'll get back. <laughs> now that WrestleMania is over, we can get back to like a normal show. <laughs> Except for next week because we'll have the shake up. We'll be like, can you believe? Oh. Yeah, Tom's done. So let's get out of here. <laughs> We'll see you next week and uh, break down the superstar shakeup and anything else that may happen in wrestling in the next uh, seven days. So uh, thanks for listening. As always, I'm JC. Tom. We'll catch you on the flip side.